What is up, my friends? Welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, July 6th. I hope you all had a fun and safe July 4th weekend. I remain in vacation mode as I have been since uh, Canada Day, which is July 1st up here. Uh, even more so right now as our three sons are off at a cottage with their grandparents for a few days. And so my wife and I are enjoying a quiet house for the first time in months. And it is, let me tell you, delightful. Uh, before we get to some hockey news and notes, let me remind you that Locked On Boston Ruins is available anywhere podcasts can be found. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. If you subscribe, each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. You can also rate and review. That would be very much appreciated. If you have a smart device, you can also call to it, say, hey, Google or Alexa, play the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, and it will pop up there as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Ruins, and you can find me there as well at Ian C. McLaren. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. The big news in hockey today is that the NHL and the NHL Players Association have finalized a tentative agreement on Phase 3 and 4 protocols to open training camps and resume the 2019-20 season inside secure bubbles in Toronto and Edmonton. I'm going to get into those details here in a moment uh, and how it pertains to our Boston Bruins and yeah, just also catch up on, on how the Bruins are doing in general. Along those lines, I wanted to revisit uh, some quotes from Bruce Cassidy that were uh, published or shared last week uh, prior to uh, the you know Canada Day break, Fourth of July celebrations. And Bruce Cassidy, uh, you know, he has not been able to attend the Phase Two workouts, and he has been relying pretty heavily on Zdeno Chara and Patrice Bergeron who have taken the reins during the team's voluntary workouts at Warrior Ice Arena, kind of each leading the voluntary groups that have been gathering. And he said, you know, he's going to get together with uh, Bergeron and Chara to see how the skating pods have gone, just to make sure everyone's in a good place, get a check-in from those guys, where the players are at. Are they comfortable with the situation? Are they nervous? Are they excited to get going? Do you feel like the group has done their work? We'll get a little bit of that feedback first and go from there. That's kind of the approach that he's going to take uh, when training camp begins. And now, again, I should preface all of this by saying the Phase 3 and Phase 4 protocols, as well as uh, collective bargaining agreement extension, it all has to be uh, formally agreed upon and then voted on by the NHL's Board of Governors, the leaders of 31 teams, as well as the entirety of the Players Association who will have to vote and, uh, you know, have a majority agree to that. Cassidy said he's excited to get back to work and the message for the team hasn't changed in terms of what the ultimate goal is, 
which is the unfinished business of emerging as Stanley Cup champions. Uh, but inside of that message, there's still so many unknowns they have to prepare to deal with, uh, which can be difficult because they don't know how it's going to work for players and their families yet. So the message is going to be mental toughness part is going to determine who ends up raising that trophy at the end of the day. And that's where he said he likes his team's chances. Uh, now, Cassidy also said one of the questions he's asking, we're all asking, is what happens when a player tests positive if he's asymptomatic and gets cleared again after one or two negative tests? Should you have a black ace guy on site join the team in case the player or player needs to miss two weeks? We all know there's going to be expanded rosters and um, it's going to be interesting to see if those rosters, like each player will be available for play or they kind of have to be put on IR and then call a guy up if a guy's ruled out for a couple weeks, that kind of thing. Uh, Cassidy said at some point we'll want to get our group that we feel we're going to play with, more of a typical 24-man roster, and then have a second group. Uh, I don't know if they would all be together as a group of eight plus two goalies or if you could bring a few guys into the group. Uh, but, you know, we definitely, he said, want to be down to two groups fairly quickly because our guys are going to need the reps together to regain their chemistry. He's going to need to get those lines uh, set and going, find out where Andre Kasha and Nick Ritchie fit in, and, um, you know, also assess players' conditioning. He said the other area could be if a player comes in and condition-wise he's not there yet, we should have enough time to get him where he needs to be. But if that's not the case, and one of the younger guys has more to give, we'll certainly consider it. Those are the facts of it, he said. It's a short window to get it right, so there will be some tough calls to make if players aren't up to speed in a hurry. But I'd like to think with the group we have, we'll be fine in that regard. So that could open up, say, for example, uh, a spot on the main roster for a guy like Jake Stanika. If he comes in, he's looking quicker, sharper. Then one of the veterans who's been a bit more lax during the break. Um, that's definitely a possibility. Um, but finally, he said, everyone is healthy right now. A quick coaching staff, equipment staff, players, you feel pretty confident, but that could change. But until it does, we're all prepared to go back to work. And I do believe the NHL will do their absolute best to make sure we're as safe as possible. And that's, what brings us to the protocols as outlined uh, by the NHL and the Players Association for Phase 3 and Phase 4. But before we get to that, let me talk for a quick moment about rockauto.com. They're a family business and they serve auto parts customers online and have been doing so for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, please write in Locked On 
in their How Did You Hear About Us section so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. Here now are the details surrounding how the NHL plans to operate and maintain what they're calling secure zones in both Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, And this is from uh, Frank Saravelli of TSN, who is their senior hockey reporter, as well as the president of the uh, Professional Hockey Writers Association. Uh, He writes, first of all, in the bubble, each team will be permitted to bring a maximum of 52 individuals inside the secure zone, including ownership, players, coaches, executives, and staff. I believe it was uh, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet who added that each team is required to bring at least one social media person, so that will be included in the staff. Uh, Teams are permitted to bring no more than 31 players. The list of each traveling part must be submitted to the NHL by July 13th, the day training camps are scheduled to open. So that's 31 players. I believe there's an unlimited amount of goalies that are included in that, but no more than 31 players total. Each team will have at least one physician, one security representative, one club phase four compliance officer, and one content creator, social media member included in the traveling party, like I mentioned before. In terms of testing, every person inside the NHL's bubble will be tested for COVID-19 daily via a nasal swab, and there will also be temperature checks and symptom screenings along the way. The list of people requiring daily testing is pretty massive, to be honest, and includes but is not limited to all players, staff, officials, arena ice crew, security, hotel bartenders, food service staff, arena food and beverage staff, hotel housekeeping, kitchen and food prep staff, and bus drivers. Basically, any person who has contact or may come into contact, even indirectly, will be tested daily. Now that, again, is a huge amount of tests, and it begs the question as to whether those tests will be better served out in the public, um, you know, for uh, testing just regular people instead of using them all for professional athletes and these staff members in what could be, um, you know, empty quest to restart hockey if, if things go awry. With 24 teams inside the bubble, 52 people per team, That's 1,248 tests required daily for team personnel only. And then if you add in all the other levels, uh, you know, they could get up to requiring 2,000 tests each day to begin a 24th tournament. So that would be 20,000 tests in the first days alone. That obviously would get smaller as the eight teams uh, who lose in the qualifying round are eliminated. And after each a subsequent round of the playoffs, but to begin, that's a huge uh, commitment to testing. Now, if at any time before or during play in the tournament, the NHL and the PA have the ability to postpone it, delay, move, or cancel any games, that could be exercised if conditions present risk to players, health and safety, and or jeopardize the integrity of the competition. So basically... The plug 
could be pulled on this at any time if there is an uncontrolled outbreak of COVID-19 in the players of one or more clubs. No specific number of positive cases has been provided in the protocol to define what an uncontrolled outbreak would be, but the NHL has maintained that singular or even multiple isolated positive tests will not, you know, put the brakes on this. Uh, In terms of compliance, any team that violates the rules set in the protocol will be subject to significant penalties, including fines and or loss of draft picks. So any player who refuses to follow the testing and monitoring protocols will not be allowed to participate and may be subject to permanent removal from the bubble. We'll get into what those protocols more specifically mean, but before that, it's Important to add that any player can choose to not participate in the return to play tournament for any reason without penalty. That's before things get rolling. The deadline to opt out will be three days after the return to play protocol package is ratified by a vote. So that likely gives players at least until July 13th when the list of each team's uh, traveling party is due. So no penalty. To any player who chooses to opt out for health, safety, or family reasons, I would add to that there's no penalty from a league perspective, but that doesn't, uh, you know, cover necessarily backlash in the locker room or perception in terms of hockey culture and things like that. Um, I would um, could imagine that players may be looked down upon, although we have seen it already in baseball and basketball. Uh, even player of David Price's, you know, reputation and stature, he opted out in baseball. Um, there's been no indication that any hockey player is willing to to take that route as of yet. But uh, again, there'll be no suspension or anything like that. Uh, if you compare that with choosing to opt out of the All-Star game and you get a one-game suspension for that, um It's interesting that the NHL is allowing that, which is great to have that option. And quite honestly, I do hope that players use it if, if, uh, if they so desire now life in the bubble. Again, this will be in Edmonton and in Toronto. Each bubble will be tightly secured and no one will be able to enter exit without authorization. Players will be living in their own hotel rooms. There'll be no roommates with each team assigned to designated floors. Players are not permitted to enter each other's rooms. Housekeeping will be provided every third day. Hotel bars and restaurants will be open and available in the bubble, provided social distancing is followed. So, for example, David Pasternak, Jake DeBrusque, they'll have their own rooms. They will not be allowed to hang out in each other's rooms to play video games. If they want to hang, they'll have to go down to the hotel bar or restaurant and do so following social distancing protocols. You know, whether or not they'll have um, lounges set up, video games, TVs to watch and hang out together, uh, I'm not quite sure. But we do know players will have access to hotel pool and fitness center, Each club will be provided a designated meeting space in the hotel. So there you go. That could be for meeting, but also could be, you know, if they have video screens set up for 
meetings. Perhaps they'll be able to watch movies and play video games on there. Each player or each person will have access to contactless room service delivery, as well as delivery from local restaurants. The NHL is also planning for league-approved excursions, both inside and outside of the bubble. So, um, designated tee times at local golf clubs. Uh, I don't know what other excursions might be planned, but that's one example. All transportation will be provided to and from the excursion with social distancing, face coverings, and personal hygiene measures uh, mandatory as well. There will be outdoor areas to walk, exercise, and mingle within the bubble as well. Masks are required to be worn by any individual in the bubble when outside of their hotel room. They can be removed during exercise and play on the ice, as well as when eating or drinking. I think that goes without saying. Coaches are not required to wear masks on the bench. On-ice officials are not required to wear masks during games. So that will be a lot of, um, you know, droplets coming from player official mouths and coaches screaming at the officials and the inevitable offside reviews. Um, so that could be a place where uh, things get a bit dicey on the ice uh, specifically, and I, I don't think there's any allusions to the contrary. Broadcasters and players being interviewed are also not required to wear a mask, but they will have to have appropriate social distancing. So you could see microphones on hockey sticks extended to players for that purpose. Uh, so when players arrive in the bubble, every person will be tested three times, 48 hours apart in the seven days prior to their flight to the bubble. They will not be subject to quarantine upon arrival, even though right now in Canada, if you arrive from the United States, there's a 14 day quarantine period that's being waived for NHL players. Daily testing will begin upon arrival and during the first five days inside the bubble, Players will only be allowed to engage in social interacting with people from their own team's traveling party. Leaving the bubble, you are could be authorized to leave the bubble for a medical reason or extenuating personal circumstances like birth of a child or death of a family member. They will be permitted to return, but they will be forced to quarantine on return pending four negative tests over a four-day period or longer, depending on the location they visited outside the bubble. So if they go to a hot spot, that might be um, increased. Players' families won't be allowed in the bubble until the conference finals and Stanley Cup final, which will both be held in Edmonton. Families will be allowed to stay in the same hotel room as the player at that point, but only after quarantine uh, and daily testing has been conducted. So that means players advancing to the conference final will go a minimum of five weeks away from their families. That could be one of the reasons a player chooses to opt out. While players are gone, NHL teams will offer to assist families remaining at home by providing grocery delivery and errand delivery services, which is a bit odd considering the risk of contact there, but I guess it's a, you know, way for the the NHL to reach out and try to be helpful. Now, any person inside the bubble who tests positive will immediately be isolated. A second confirmatory test will be administered, and that if that test returns positive, 
the person will be instructed to isolate until medical clearance is administered. Even if that test is negative, the person will remain isolated and will be tested again in 24 hours. An asymptomatic confirmed positive case will be allowed to rejoin after two consecutive negative tests over a 48-hour period. A symptomatic confirmed case will also be able to rejoin after symptoms have subsided for a minimum of 72 hours, provided the person was in self-isolation for a minimum of 10 days since the onset of symptoms. Now, no players who test positive or develop symptoms will be identified to media or the public absent approval from the NHL. And any person considered to be in close contact with a positive test defined by the NHL as in contact for 15 minutes or longer at six feet or less in the 48 hours leading up to the time of the positive test will be immediately removed and tested. Finally, between every period during games, each bench area must be disinfected, including flooring, bench surface, top of the dasher board, and water bottle area. Vertical dividers will separate each player's water bottle. All locker rooms, team spaces, and event floor areas will be disinfected daily. So there you go. A bit of a mouthful there, but that is the protocols that have been set for the return to play phase three and phase four in Edmonton and um, Toronto Edmonton for the conference final and the Stanley cup final. If it gets that far now, again, this has to be voted upon by the players and the NHL released some more updated uh, results from testing today. And um, it reads as follows. As of Monday, July 6th, the NHL has had 396 players report to training and practice facilities for optional Phase 2 activities. There's been an excess of 2,900 COVID-19 tests to this group of players. Those tests have resulted in 23 returning confirmed positive test results. Since June 8th, the league is aware of 12 additional players who have tested positive for COVID-19 outside of uh, phase two protocols. So that's a total of 35 uh, confirmed positive test results for NHL players. Uh, The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on the number of tests administered to players and the results of those tests, but will not be providing uh, information on the identity of the players or those clubs. Now, if you look at the number of positive cases in relation to the amount of tests conducted, it doesn't seem that bad, but the number of players that have tested positive in relation to the total number of players tested, that's about a 5.8% infection rate and uh, kind of the same as last week, but there's been no spike in those numbers since the last update, but it's still still pretty high. And um, again, I'm not really sure if it's worth it. Um, You know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but this is only during a limited phase two. And when you think about what could happen when um, more players gather together, once they start skating, playing, um, interacting, 
it could be a bit more problematic and um you know hopefully that number goes down but at the moment it's certainly concerning and the whole philosophy of learning to live with COVID-19 I don't really um buy into that and you know all that to say I'm not convinced that we are going to get from phase two to the raising of the Stanley Cup without further incident and without having to shut it all down. Uh, and that can be said of baseball, basketball, soccer, all the sports that are trying to come back. Uh, I don't know if it's worth it or if it's feasible. And I guess uh, time will tell. Hopefully along the way, uh, you know, these positive cases do not result in uh, lasting damage for people infected uh, and god forbid anyone anyone dies from the nhl's attempts to um, to bring hockey back amid this global pandemic now with uh, the anniversary of the tyler sagan trade having come and gone on july 4th i was going to take some time to talk about trades that uh, i thought were uh, good for the Bruins uh, in recent years. And that suggestion came from uh, Tanner Fess, uh, who reached out on Instagram. Actually, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, same as my Twitter handle, at ENC McLaren. Uh, he said, big fan of the podcast, a local Ontarian. Can't stop listening. Keep up the work. I'm uh, very excited uh, to have received that feedback and, and very much appreciate that. He asked, who's your favorite player on the Bruins? I said, right now it's uh, Bergy, but also love pasta and coil. And then he said, maybe do a podcast on trades. You think we're cool. And, uh, maybe that's something I'll, I'll grab here, uh, in the next couple days beginning of course, with my favorite trade of all time for the Bruins, the Cam Neely trade with the, uh, Vancouver Canucks, but, uh, kind of bent a bit longer than I anticipated with this Stanley cup playoff protocol. So I guess I'll end there for today. I hope you're all doing well, keeping safe and uh, social distanced, and also just trying to make the most of summer. Um, in recent days, I've been to, like I said, last week, the beach, pool, uh, hit up um, anybody familiar with Sleeman Breweries up here in Canada. They actually have a new distillery in my town of Guelph, and we hit up their new bar patio yesterday and they have an amazing spring and tonic drink if you're in the area hit me up we'll grab one together today i think we're gonna hit up a local cidery uh last night we finished uh, season three of dark which was a huge mind melter uh the whole season put together but i think it finished really well and it still remains one of my favorite shows of all time i think we're planning to get back into billions and also hoping to check out uh, The King of Staten Island, the new uh, Pete Davidson, Judd Apatow-directed movie, which uh, I've heard pretty good things about, specifically uh, Bill Burr's performance as well. Other than that, just reading Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel, and uh, watching Halt and Catch Fire. I'm on season seven of New Girl, which I have yet to watch at all, and I'm excited to see how that series wraps up. Um, and listening to new Sufjan Stevens, also really getting back into the killers, which if you haven't listened to them in a while, uh, really great, um, 
yeah, that's pretty much my review of them at the moment. So yeah, I hope you are all doing well. Please feel free to reach out at any time on Twitter at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. Do also check out the Locked On NHL podcast as they're also, uh, yeah, just continuing to push out some great content over there. And we will be back in a couple days with a fresh episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm Ian McLaren, wishing you all well, and I uh, hope you have a great Monday, and we'll catch you later. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in, friends. Peace.